things that I've had to deal with is I've had to deal with this whole idea of loneliness. Being the, being the person that sort of feels like um, they're on the outside window looking in going... It is up. No, that sounded more like a bat, didn't it? I was meaning to do like the scrapey, squeaky thing. Yeah. It's, um, it's so strange to think that we can be sitting in a room full of people and still feel completely alone. Now we all go through, um, we go, all go through areas and phases and times where we feel like we're surrounded by people, but there's other times where we feel like we don't have a friend in the world. And um, I think that's really weird. I, felt, I, I wanted to find the most depressing quote that I could find about loneliness. And, and I, think I've, I think I've nailed it. Are you ready for the most depressing quote that I could find about loneliness? It's basically got a wee picture of a wee man. Should have put this on the big screen, that's what it's for. Um, <laughs> a wee man, and it's raining on him, and he's got a wee heart, and his heart's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is the quote, okay? I, I just want to, like, for some of you, some of you may have never experienced loneliness, so um, it's good on you. So I just wanted to get you in the frame of mind, okay? Sometimes I take a carton of eggs out of the fridge, and I look at it, and I think that maybe one day I'll crack an egg open, and a little baby chicken will fall out, and I'll wash them off and raise them indoors, and then, then I'll have a friend. <laughs> so one of the things that happened for me is that as a result of um, feeling, feeling this loneliness thing, I, I kind of realised, or I kind of decided, well, actually, I need to actually be everyone, like what people want to all kinds of different people. So I was like that social butterfly type guy once I got to... Um, I got to intermediate and to high school. Like, what would basically happen is that if I was hanging around with the jocks, yeah, rugby. <laughs> um, if I was hanging out with the music kids, pour pour the pirate cherry. If I was hanging out with, um, you know, the geeks, um, oh man, have you played the latest Curse of the Azure Bonds? It's, a, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. Have you got that latest Amiga thing? Um, that'd be cool. And I'd basically try to be everything or everything to everybody. And it got to sort of fifth form. And I suddenly realised that um, I suddenly realised that I didn't even really know who I was, was because I was trying to please absolutely everyone. And so like I had all that, it was like this thing, this thing here, like this five finger thing. I was this person to this, these people, this person to these people, this person to these people. And I sort of had, not, not a breakdown, but I sort of had this crisis of confidence. I don't know who I am. Um, as a result of that, um, and off the back of that, in my fifth form year, I had a couple of pretty amazing encounters with God. Um, I went to Faith Festival, I had this thing called Faith Festival, which some of you over the age of 30 uh, have probably been to before. Um, we went there to, to basically chase girls. Um, there was me and a friend, we went there to chase a girl. Um, I, I failed, just by the way, just so you know, if you wanted to know the end of that story. Um, but actually, I encountered God in a really huge way. And as a result of that, God started to speak into my identity and who I was. And as a result of that, I've got a different view on, on loneliness. I realized that I was the par- a part of a family. I realized that I was ne- with God, I was never going to be alone. I realized that with God, I was never going to be forsaken. And it can completely change the way that I thought. So, um, what does the world say about loneliness? 
See, the thing is, is that music and media has this obsession with loneliness, this obsession with being the outsider, this obsession with being, well, I'm going to be completely different and to everyone else. There's this great um, quote of, like, everyone with, like, uh, there's this great um, picture of, um, on the internet of, you know, people being individual. And, it's, and they've all got, like, punk hair, and they've all got, like, pins through their nose, and they're all wearing the same rock T-shirt, but they're all being individual. Uh, I've, always loved, I've always loved that. But we have this obsession with being unique and different from everyone else. We have this obsession with being lonely, isolated by ourselves. So, just to start off with, who's, who's had to deal with loneliness before? Who's had times where they've sort of felt like they're on the outside, they're on the outer... Now, whether you're going through that at the moment, or whether that's something that's in the distant past, or whether you sort of go in and out of phases like a lot of people probably do, everyone has to deal with that. Um, there's sort of a couple of streams of psychology even. So in New Zealand, in New Zealand, um, there's this feeling of men in New Zealand actually have this to a really large extent. And, they sort of, and it's sometimes raised up like a virtue, like, every man is an island. I'm this, New, I'm this New Zealand person. I can do my own thing. I'm independent and stuff like that. But one stream of psychology actually comes from the idea that loneliness is an integral part of the human condition. Now, this is psychology. This is not what God's saying. One stream of co- uh, psychology comes with the idea that loneliness is an integral part of the human condition. You're born alone. You die alone, and you spend your life sta- uh, staving off the loneliness however you can. There's plenty of songs about loneliness. Would you like to hear some songs? Here's a couple that I prepared earlier. Okay, you ready? Um, oh, 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 I got a love that keeps me waiting. I'm a lonely boy. I'm a lonely boy. Or what about, I must confess that my loneliness... It's killing me now, though I still believe. I can't remember. Hit me, baby, one more time. Oh, uh, what about classic? Lonely, I am so lonely. I got no bite. This is why I'm not on the worship team, just by the way. Um, well, since my baby left me, boom. Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> There's no hip swinging. <laughs> I found a new place to dwell. I'm down the end of Lonely Street at... Uh, what about lonely days, lonely nights? Where would I be without my woman? What are you laughing at? <laughs> He's got a girlfriend. No, that's, that's not very nice. Are you lonesome tonight? No. Um, what about... Um, oh, one for Shannon. Show me the meaning of being lonely. <laughs> Forget it. Okay. Um, any any metalheads I'll blade for you. It's such a lonely day. I'm trying to sing System of a Down, just by the way. I'm failing. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, thanks for not judging me. Um, Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics. She's got like one of my favorite. Um, so loneliness is a place that I know well. It's the distance between us and it's the space inside ourselves. I really love that quote. Loneliness is a place that I know well. It's the distance between us and it's the space inside ourselves. So there's, one th- there's a couple of things that we can take from that. One is that we can actually cause distance between people and we can actually have distance inside ourselves. Um, so there's plenty of songs, all right? 
Um, Michael Jackson actually had a, lon- a song about loneliness as well. But, uh, you know, you are not alone. I am here with you. Though we're far apart. I can't remember the rest of it. That was all I've got written now. But the Bible's actually got a different idea and ideal about what loneliness is. We were never created, we were never meant to be alone. The only time that we were supposed to be alone was that when we consciously separated to pray to God. How do we know that? In the Garden of Eden, what was the first thing that was created for Adam in the garden? Was a companion, someone to walk with him. Not someone that's below him, but someone that walked with him, a partner. Um, you've got the Old Testament prophets who were the exception, not the rule. Where basically there was like one person left and they would go, look, Israel, you've gone away from God. If you don't turn back to God, this is what's going to happen. And as a result of that, they're isolated and alone. See, um, the Bible's actually got quite a bit to say about loneliness. Um, in the Old Testament, it was the Hebrew word bedad. Bedad. It's just what it is, which means to be isolated, separated, apart, and alone. In Genesis 2.18, it's the first mention of loneliness. Okay, the word bedad. And it's Genesis 2.18, and this is what God says just before he creates Eve. It is not good for man to be alone. Um, There's the Hebrew word yahid, which is solitary, isolated, lonely. Um, David in Psalms, at one stage when he's going through his emo phase, um, where he feels slightly apart and alone from people. In Psalm 25, 16, he says, I am lonely and afflicted. Okay. Um, in the New Testament, in the New Testament, there's the Greek word eromos, which just means solitary or lonely. And it's um, an example of that would be Luke 4, 42. He departed and went to a lonely place. So there's two meanings. There's the separation of self or person. And then there's a place of isolation, a place where we isolate ourselves. Okay? So for me, one of the things from my story is that, have you ever noticed that um, your heart story, your heart message has, got, has quite often got something to do with um, what you've gone through as a person? So for some people, like, who is God to you? For some people, some people would say God is love. Some people would say God is, um, can take your sin and your shame away. Um, some would say that God is the one who removes us from guilt. Some would say that God is our Father. Like, we, we choose how we connect with God. For me, my, my connection point is um, God is a God of connection. God is someone who brings um, people into relationship with himself. Okay? And so that comes from my story. Because in growing up, I felt isolated and I felt alone. Because of that, once I knew God, that was the thing that most changed my life was realizing that God was one that would never leave me. God was one that would never forsake me. God was the person that would bring people into my life that would be as close as family to me. Okay? So loneliness then is the opposite of that. Loneliness is disconnection and isolation with others, with God, and with self. Um, David, so King David experienced deep bouts of loneliness. He was rejected by the king he served diligently. No one felt loneliness more keenly than David. In a series of earnest, heartfelt appeals to God, David cried out in his loneliness and despair. His own son was risen up against him. The men of Israel went after him, and he was forced to flee from his city and leave his house and his family. 
Um, which is quite interesting because everything was actually his fault. It was as a result of um, making some really bad choices, um, killing, one of his general, uh, killing one of his generals just so he could get with his wife, um, a whole range of other stuff. So it was actually David's fault, just by the way. But he says in Psalm 25, 16, God, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. See, God never intended us to be alone. The Garden of Eden, even in the Garden of Eden, even at our darkest time where we, we made our big, our big mistake, the great, the original sin. Do you notice that separating Adam and Eve was never an option? So, so Adam and Eve had to go out together, which I, which I like. It wasn't a case of, well, Adam's going to have to stand on this wall, Eve's going to have to stand on this side of the wall, and you're never going to see each other again. So God never intended us to be alone. The whole Bible is a story of God reconciling and restoring the relationships between humans and himself. Okay. Another example, um, Elijah on Mount Carmel. So Elijah, we talked about Elijah a couple of weeks ago, where Elijah was basically this, he felt like he was the last faithful man of God. And, um, and him versus the prophets of Baal, there was a big barbecue cook-off. He won the barbecue cook-off. He lit the barbecue when the prophets of Baal couldn't, no matter what they did. And then he goes to, and then he goes and meets a, a, a lady called uh, uh, Jezebel. And she says one word to him and he turns tail and runs. And goes into the solitary place. He basically sits under a bush and waits to die. And then God, God appears to Elijah. And the word of the Lord comes to us. So it's in 1 Kings 19 if you're wanting to read it. And God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to, trying to kill me too. God's response is immediately, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So his immediate response is, hey, Elijah, you might feel alone. But I'm about to pass by. I'm about to be with you. And so he goes, he goes out and, of course, he meets God. And then a voice, and when he, when he sees God, the voice asks the same question to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replies exactly the same. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. And so what Elijah's saying is I'm feeling isolated and alone. And notice the way that God responds to that. So first, he shows up. The first thing he does is says, I'm here with you. The second thing he does is this. Listen to this. Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazal, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Snaphat. Snaphat. <laughs> From Abel... Mehaliah to succeed you as prophet. So immediately God gives him someone that's going to hang out with him for the rest of his days. He gives him a job to do. And then he says, Jehu will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Hazal, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. God's resounding answer to Elijah when he's at his lowest 
when he's at his loneliness, when he's at his most isolated, is you are not alone. You are not alone. There's me. Here's some people that are going to walk with you. And there's all these other people. You're not the last one left. See, Elijah purposely and deliberately moved himself to a place of isolation. He became his own self-fulfillment of prophecy. I am the last one left. And this is the point that I wanted to make from that. You've got to be so careful about the way that you talk about yourself, your friendships, your family, your relationships. See, because eventually, your feeling will eventually be shaped by it, even in the face of contrary evidence. If you spend your whole time going, no one likes me, no one likes me, I have no friends. Eventually, you're actually going to move in that direction because your words have power. You can literally speak it into being. If someone comes up to you and wants to connect with you and you go, oh, no one wants to hang out with me, that person that's trying to connect with you will automatically go, well, (laughs) I tried. See, this is the thing. The promise of God is I am with you always. I am with you always. You are never alone. Um, What's the first thing? Who's seen the movie Castaway? So um, Tom Hanks, um, the, he's, um, he, he, he crash lands on this island and he's by, him, he's by himself. And one of the most heart-wrenching parts of the movie, uh, he creates this friend in his loneliness. His name is Wilson. Just happens to be a volleyball. No judgment. And one of the most heart-wrenching parts of the entire film is when he loses Wilson. He, lo- he loses his friend who cannot speak to him, although he talks to it as if he can Our desire, our core DNA is to connect. Our core DNA is to connect and be in community with people. See, I believe that God's intention was never for us to be alone. There's a difference between loneliness and seeking solitude. Does that make sense? There's a difference between when we put ourselves in a position where we're not connecting with anyone and actually going to a solitary place so that we can connect with God. I fully, firmly, 100% believe that the heartbeat of God is not alone. 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 It's actually really interesting to note that the word lonely is never used, like the word that we're talking about before, is never actually used in the New Testament to describe people. It's never used to describe people. In the New Testament, the word lonely or solitary only occurs twice and both times refer to desolate places, places with no people, places with no animals, just like a desert type place, where Jesus moved off into the wilderness to be alone. Why is that? It's almost as if the entire issue of loneliness was solved somewhere at the start of the New Testament. One of the reoccurring phrases and words that Jesus goes over time and again is actually just repeating what was said in the Old Testament. But there's this new covenant, and the new covenant looks a lot like the old covenant. It does. It says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Joshua 1.5, after Moses dies, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. See, the same promise given to Moses, the same promise given to Joshua, the same promise given to Israelites is also given to us. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
Okay, Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. This is my... uh, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If the kingdom of heaven has come, what place is there for loneliness? That word forsaken is pretty interesting. That's where people leave on purpose. Forsaken. Why have you forsaken me? So Jesus on the cross, it's one of the most heart-wrenching parts of the New Testament. Father... Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? He knew it was a human response to being away from God is to feel forsaken. God had to choose between the forsaking of the world or the forsaking of his son, and he kept his promise to us. He forsook Jesus for a moment so he could be with us for all time. It's a pretty high price to pay. See, this is the thing, is that I fully believe that there's no such thing as God forsaken. There's no such thing as God forsaken. Because God is with us. God is for us. God loves us. He loved us so much he gave his son for us so that he, there was a way for us to be with him forever. See, there's no such thing as God forsaken. It happened once for all time so we'd never be forsaken. See, independence is not the same as freedom. We aren't created to live independently, but interdependently. This is, we're not supposed to live like this. We're supposed to live like this. So what's the application for us then? Um, you can put the magic guitarist on. Thanks. Blake. What's the application for us? The last words that um, Jesus said before he went up to heaven as he gave us authority. Jesus came and told his disciples, so Matthew 28, I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and, Holy, and the Holy Spirit. Making disciples is just basically hanging out with people over a long period of time. That's the same as community. Hang out in communities. Hang out together. Connect with people. Draw them in. Teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Teach them what it's like to be part of a community. Teach them what it's like to be part of this this thing that's called Christianity, which is basically a bunch of people doing life together and trying to pull in a whole range of other people into the inner so that they can do life together. There's no loneliness in Christianity. Christianity working well, Christianity working the way that it should, means that there should be no one that sits alone in a room. Christianity working well together means that as Christians, one of the things that we do is we look for the outsiders. We look for the ones that are away from the pack. We look for the isolated. We look for the alone and go, hey, you don't have to live like this anymore. There's a place and there's a person that will love you and accept you. There's a place and a person where we can hang out together. There's, a, there's this person that you'll know that will never leave you nor forsake you. If loneliness is one of the big curses of this world, we literally have the cure for loneliness if only we share what we believe. Um, The circle, you know, like there's a circle, it's that round thing that goes like that. A circle is often seen as like a really good good, uh, geometrical shape. You know, like you're, you've got a close circle of friends. Who remembers Bebo? And you'd have like your, your top nine, was it? 
And they were like, you're a, no one remembers? Okay, I'm getting old. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that pity. Yeah, I remember. Um, what would happen is that you'd have your top nine, and your top nine were like your closest circle of friends. But there were only ever nine people, and so if a tenth person come along, you either had to knock someone off out of your top nine, or you had to like just leave them out in the cold. I fully believe that Christianity working well as we sometimes talk about our circle of friends, I would, as Christians, we're actually never called to close that circle. It's not like, wow, I've got, the, I've got my four best friends and that's it. As Christians, I really honestly believe that rather than a closed circle, rather than a unit, well, I've got all the people that I need, I don't need anyone else. As Christians, I fully believe that there always needs to be room for one more. Just one more. It's going to be an open click. We're going to have our, um, our community, we're going to have our values, we're going to have our faith. But if there's one person out there, rather than being like a closed circle of friends, I reckon we should be more like Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man. <laughs> you know Pac-Man? How does Pac-Man go? What does he do? He does eat ghosts. Well, yeah, no, that's okay. So he eats ghosts and he eats wee p- pellets and pills. We need to be like Pac-Man. Basically, as a group, what we do is we join hands. And what we're doing is we're looking for other people that we can bring into our community. We look for other people that, we, that are on the out, that we can go, no, 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 come on in. You have a place here. You have a purpose here. You have belonging here. You can belong. You don't need to believe what we believe. You can just come and hang out with us and decide later. Um, if you're mathematical, so this is for if Greg was here today, Katie. Um, in maths, it's actually called. There's actually a thing for it where there's always room for one more. Okay, literally, it's a it's a mathematical term. It's called n plus one. So the optimum amount of people is n plus one. So we're, as a church, we're never going to be a church where we go. Well, we reached a hundred. That's the cutoff point. Close the doors. Bar it up. We're going to wait for the rapture. There's always going to be room for one more. There's always going to be room for one more. There's always going to be room for one more. See, the thing is, is the commandment of God is to love God and to love others. It's difficult to love someone from a distance. Take it from a man who had a long-distance relationship for five of the seven years that he went out with, I don't want to play the blank, with his future wife. (laughs) See, love is a state which brings people progressively closer together. Love literally brings people closer together. It's a natural byproduct that when we love people, they will become as close as family. That's just what happens. You're on the altar. No, I love you. Come closer. I love you. Come closer. I love you. Come closer. Now, that doesn't mean romantic love. This is not an um, advertisement for having 12 boyfriends or anything crazy like that. But if we're filled with the love of the Father, we actually have love for one more. We actually, have, we actually have love, we have the room in our life for one more person in our life. See, the commandment is to love God and love others. It's a natural byproduct of loving people that people become as close as family. Don't forsake people who God wouldn't forsake. People aren't supposed to sit alone. People aren't supposed to be alone. Sure, alone time is good, but it's not meant to be a permanent fixture. How do I know this? Simple. God doesn't, uh, didn't want to be alone. God himself didn't want to be alone. He created us in his image so that he had someone to hang out with. In simple terms, he wanted friendship, 
fellowship and togetherness that comes with being with other people. If the church is part of God's plan in resolving the whole world to be in relationship with himself, then we need to be the answer to the world's desire for intimacy and acceptance. How cool would it be if the church was the answer for people's desire for intimacy and acceptance? That we would be known for ones that would be as close as a brother, that we would be known for ones that would be inviting people in. See, the thing is, is that people look for intimacy and acceptance in all kinds of places, in all kinds of ways. They try and fill the, the God-shaped hole in their heart with whatever they can find. They fill it with whatever, whether it's relationships, good relationships or bad relationships, whether it's friendships that are good or bad for them. See, we need to be careful in deciding who is in and who is out. The only people Jesus ever really got angry at were those that thought that they could decide who was included and who wasn't included in this thing called Christianity. So we're going to be strictly inclusive. So that's the end of my message. So I just wanted to have the opportunity for you guys to respond. This is what I wanted to say. Don't believe the lie of the world. You are not called to be lonely. You're not on the outside. You don't need to be on the outside. You were born for intimacy for relationship and for connection. You might be sitting here today and realizing that you've searched everywhere and tried to plug the need for intimacy with people, with substances, with whatever. But I want to give an opportunity for God to fill that space in your life today. Mother Teresa had this to say about loneliness, and this is where I'll I'll finish, I reckon. Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. So um, what we want to do today, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated, whether it's from God, whether it's from each other, or whether it's from your own needs for intimacy, we'd love to pray for you. And this is how we're going to do it today, okay? Um, so listen really carefully. If you, want to come up, if you want to come up today because you're feeling on the outer, you feel alone, you feel isolated, what we're going to do today is that if you're a praying, Bible-believing Christian, which, by crikey, I hope that most of us are. Look, if you see someone down the front today, I want you guys to get up and I want you to pray for them. If, you, if you're not comfortable praying out loud for them, just put your hand on them and just say, I'm, I'm with you, I'm for you, I want to encourage you, I want you to be part of. Okay. You might, be, you might have isolated yourself consciously, like it's just something, oh, look, I don't want people to be around me. Or it could be situational circumstance that means that you feel like you're on the outer. What we want to do is we want to surround them by people who will stand in the gap for them, pray for them, encourage them, and tell them that they are not alone. So we're going to do that now. We're just going to put um, a song on. Shannon's going to put a song on. Where did Charlie go? Hi, Shannon. So good. Oh, that's okay. We've still got the magic guitarist. So that's quite good. Um, let me pray for you guys, and then I'll have an opportunity for you to respond. Lord, I thank you so much that you created us for connection, for intimacy, and for relationship, God. Lord, I just pray that um, in those times and those places where we've felt apart and alone, Lord, um, I know for a fact that you are there with us. So, Lord, we step into that truth today. That, um, that we're never isolated, we're never alone, that you are with us even to the end of the age. 
Lord, for those of us here that feel like they um, might only have one or two people in their lives, Lord, I pray that you continue to fill um, their world with people that would love them, people that would encourage them, people that would lift them up, God, Um, people that would sharpen them. Um, Lord, I just pray that as we go out today, um, that we would be ones that would go after that would go after the outsiders. That we would be ones that would be um, always up for one one more person to be in our in our circle in our group, God. That we would be ones that would get alongside people that would love on them, that would lift them up, whether they um, uh, whether they're all together or whether they're, they're broken, God. And that we would love on them, and that they would find a place, a family, and a community that they could call home. Lord, we just pray for each and every person um, in our community, God. Uh, Lord, help us to be great ambassadors for you so that we would be ones that would be known as, uh, as those that would give hope, would give intimacy, and would give acceptance in our community. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.